News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, well, like always, there's somebody from Dutch Growers. We've, uh, we've got Rick away, but we got Jill back. Yeah, I'm back. Thanks for joining us, Jill. This is great. You were on an amazing trip. Yeah, I went on an adventure to Bali, Indonesia. And, wow. Uh, long ways to get there, but well worth it. And I come back and there's no leaves on the trees. I think there was still some leaves on the trees when I was here. Actually, quite a few leaves on the trees. And yes. Coming back to nothing. And then I just want to bring a little bit of Bali back here. When you go everywhere and there's uh, ferns growing out of the walls and there's monsteras everywhere. And like it's just so lush and green. Um, All those tropical plants oh, that those... we buy you know in stores here yeah are just out in the wild out in the wild growing the trees are absolutely massive um just everything growing in its absolute perfect environment it was just it was incredible to see wow sounds fantastic mm-hmm. so rick is away today but jill of course is here to answer all your questions one 332 8255 you can join the conversation in two ways you can phone us or you can send us a text as well yeah so but it's interesting to see all those plants where they were right yeah and one of the things that when i was uh sitting back and like even just looking at the plants is Sometimes in our houses, we expect perfection out of our plants. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can think about this as we're bringing our plants indoors. And maybe some of them have been outside and they got some blemishes on them. They've been rattled around by the wind. Uh, that is completely natural. And that's the way that plants are kind of meant to look like. So I think a lot of times when we have our plants, we expect them to be like perfect, a perfect leaf. Oh no. Um, there's a little bit of browning on my leaf. What's wrong? Well, just think of that as like a blemish on our skin. Like it, it happens. And uh, sometimes you aren't necessarily doing anything wrong. That's just the way that plants are. And then the other thing is, is that um, we have to understand as well that when you have plants, you also have bugs. Yeah. And that, that's a natural thing. Um, and to, to think that you're going to have a house plant that doesn't have any bugs at all, um, is it just doesn't exist. It's not reality. And so learning how to sort of um, have an integrated pest management program in your house per se. Yeah, right. Um, so making sure that you have Endol on hand or a little bit of rubbing alcohol, um, some... Uh, so that you can just and have a scouting routine and looking for those bugs. Um, one of the things that we've just started um, introducing in the last couple of years is um, beneficial insects into our into our um, into our greenhouses mm-hmm, too. So mm-hmm. a lot of times now you're going to go into the greenhouse and you might take home a plant with some bugs on it, and those bugs are actually beneficial to the plant, and they're going to control the mealybug and the spider mite and the thrips and all those different things. I know Jay that you've used um, the the bug buster um, to get rid of uh, your. Uh, fruit flies before or fungus yeah. gnats in your yeah, in used, your house plants and you said like you would never go back to using anything else anymore because it was just so easy you sprinkle them on your soil watered it in and left it and it was taken care of so. i brought a hibiscus in from the deck into the house sprayed it with endol well, blast it with cold water yeah sprayed it with endol and then put the little nematodes in the soil there's no bugs. There's no bugs. Nothing came with it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that happened, of course, is that when I moved it then from one place to another, it dropped all of its buds, like all of the flower buds just naturally 
Yeah, and that's not from the nematodes. That's just from change in sunlight and change in atmosphere. So that is a good point to say. So when you're bringing these plants indoors, you're probably going to lose all your buds or some of your buds, and then you'll probably lose up to about a third of your leaves from just the change in the atmosphere. That Mm -hmm. plant's going to take a while to get reacclimatized. And indoors, remember, you're going from like we're having like 14 hours of sunlight, and then we're going to be going down to having like almost like six to four hours of sunlight, depending on how much um, sun you have in your rooms. so uh, supplementing with a grow light is really important if you want to keep these tropicals nice and lush throughout the winter season. Right, because they normally grow in Bali, where it's... A tropical environment where yeah. they have that that amount of sunlight all year round. Yeah, it doesn't really change, right? They're so no. close to the equator there that yeah. they don't have that fluctuation, right? Exactly. Does, does, isn't it true that when you're that kind of around the equator, though, the sun kind of flashes almost like it's up in a second and when it's setting we have we have big long drawn out sunsets in saskatchewan right yes it kind of goes down it just it's done it's done it drops it's almost instantly dark right okay five o'clock is sunset okay we gotta hit it (laughs) we can't miss it or else it's gonna be gone yeah like it's a 10 minute process basically not not like here in summer where you've got sunset for like two and a half hours exactly right yeah so and that explains you know why these plants do what they do so and what they do get there. so big. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw pothos plants that uh, they were probably like two feet across in in the <laughs> leaves on them, and I'm just like, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah it would be. It, it would take skill to grow that here yeah. like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, cool. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We got a couple people waiting on the phone line, so let's kick things off. Uh, go to Manitou Beach and talk to Garland. Hello, good morning. Morning. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering if. Uh a uh, Kentucky coffee tree can be growing uh, here. A Kentucky coffee tree? Well, yeah. there is different types of coffee plants that you can grow here. That one in particular, I'm not exactly sure if about the Kentucky um, coffee tree. It definitely isn't hardy here um, to Saskatchewan to grow um, to grow outdoors. But indoors, we do have some different types of coffee plants that you can grow indoors. Um, you would have to supplement with them with grow lights um, for sure in order to get actual oh. coffee beans on them. Okay. I, I just looked up and it, it had something like, I think, 388 for a zone. So I, I thought it might grow here. But. Yeah, I know that one's not hardy here in Saskatchewan. Is that a okay. is that a short name for something else though? Is it is that like a, a a layman's term for a different tree, or is it really a coffee tree that grows coffee beans? Uh, apparently, uh, uh, in the old times, they used to drink the coffee from it, but it's not really. I don't think you'd want to do that nowadays or whatnot. But uh, uh, I noticed this this site uh, TreeTime.ca or whatnot, and uh, that's where I got the information that it was. I think three A. Yes. So places like Ontario, you'd have success growing them, but not here in Saskatchewan. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks, Garland. Take care. 1 877 332 We've got time for one more uh, call to get in here. Uh, this is Ian, who's in Saskatoon. Good morning, Ian. Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, good morning. Sorry. Um, Joe, I, I'm still dealing with these perennials that I planted all summer. So what happened was that I turned off all my sprinklers, and then we got that snow. But because I planted underneath the overhangs of, uh, you know, the house and the garage, they didn't really get any moisture. So I'm thinking of opening up my sprinklers and watering the flowers really good, plus giving the um, the lawn and the trees another, you know, couple hours of water. Is it too late, or is it 
Yeah, you definitely can water in one more time right now. Um, I wouldn't uh, like saturate your perennials too, too much. Just give them a little bit of water um, with your with your trees. You can put like a slow trickle on them. Just let them let them get a nice little um, sort of bit of water around that root ball so that they freeze in nicely for you. And yeah. then, yeah, you can you can we're having some nice warm days right now. So turning on your sprinklers, just make sure you blow them out because we are getting those cold nights yeah. right now, too. About a month ago, I gave all the trees and shrubs like a three-hour, three to four-hour trickle. Yeah, what you might want to do is just like what uh, what Rick always advocates for is take a piece of reed bar and stick it down in the soil and see if there's any moisture down there. If there's moisture, you don't need to add any more. Um, you want your trees to be starting to, sh- to go dormant. You don't want to keep them watered and watered and watered so they're actively growing yeah, or else I you'll don't... have issues there. I don't expect there would be very much moisture down there. Yeah, if not, then give them one last water, shut everything off, and you'll be good to go. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Ian. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm actually happy that my uh, Dakota Pinnacle birch are finally turning color. It's like all the trees that we look at over the river here from our vantage point. You know, pretty much all of them have got no leaves left on them. Mm-hmm. But mine have been holding on. You know, those those birch trees have been. I planted three in my backyard. I came home and they still have leaves on them. Yeah, too, so. right. Finally, mine are turning color though. Yeah. So at least I know now they're shutting down. You know, in time. I always but- get so nervous when there's leaves on at this time of year, and I'm like, okay. Because I did have a maple tree in my mm-hmm. backyard, and there was an underwater spring in there, and so it never shut down, and it, I would lose it every two years. And then we finally put um, a sub pump down, and then got rid of some of the water, and now it survives. But yeah, my Dakotas are are still have leaves on them. Are they so. green? Some two of them are green. One of them yeah. started to turn colors. It's making me a little nervous. One of mine's half green, so at least it's starting to turn. Yeah, but they're oh. usually one of the last, though. So. Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're gonna ch- uh, uh, check out Tom's text when we get back. Talking about garlic. We'll get to that in a second. We're also gonna cover off, you know, shutting things down for the fall. A lot of people have done that already. How about that equipment of yours? Did you did you shut shut that down properly? Too? I'll need help with that today. I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I'm not certified either, but I got a little bit of advice. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a second. Give us a call, one 332 8255 You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, it took her 40 hours to get home, but she's back. Back. Jill Van Dijk is with me again. Good morning. I'm Jay Thomas. Welcome back to Garden Talk, and thanks for joining us this morning. You know, uh, last week... I know you weren't here, but we had kind of a wild weather weekend, uh, especially in the southern part of the province. Yeah, Things, I saw pictures yeah, of the snow that came. Yeah, it, it pretty intense, and especially like Highway 1, Moose Jaw, that area. Ooh, it was nasty. Uh, we had some pretty good weather over the week, so things have really cleared up, and at least up here in Saskatoon and places north of here, you know, up to Prince Albert stuff, it's been it's been pretty nice. And looking at a blue sky morning today, so that feels pretty good. Yeah, and one of the things when that snow comes, it makes us be like, okay, we have to shut everything down at the garden center. And that's what people are doing in their yards too. So at the garden centers now, all the plants that are people always ask, what what happens to all those trees and shrubs that are left over in the greenhouse? We actually take them, we put them to bed is what we call it. So we lay them all on their side and pile them all up into a nice pile. And then we put a thermal blanket over top of them. And that's how they stay nice and warm for the winter, keeps them a consistent temperature underneath that blanket so that they can survive the winter. We pull them up in the spring and then they're ready to sell again. Yeah, exactly. A couple of those thermal tarps. And then they get a whole bunch of snow on, on top of them too, right? When it, as yeah. it snows, it yeah. kind of adds more and more insulation, that sort of now, thing. Now, a lot of people still have purchased um, some of those trees and shrubs in the last weeks and they're maybe sitting in their backyard. Just know it's not too late to plant them. So don't mm-hmm. think that like, 
oh no, I'm just going to throw these in the garbage or compost them because um, they're never going to survive the winter. You have to get those into the ground and it's not too late to do that. You can do that right up until the ground turns hard with the frost. Um, so make sure you dig those holes, get those into the ground. Um, if you're not going to get them to ground, get a thermal blanket and cover them up for the winter so that they survive. You know, the other thing you can always do too is like if you haven't decided exactly where you want that plant to go, mm-hmm. It's in that plastic nursery pot that yep. you bought it in, yep. right? Dig that hole, drop it in, pot and all. Yes, exactly. Right? And then you can dig it back out in the spring if and you, you want to. And you can kind of do your thing again and figure out, okay, is that the right spot or does it have to go over in that corner, right? Yeah, I might want to mulch a little bit extra over top of it just so that it gets some extra insulation because it's not going to be rooted in at all. But that's a good sort of rule of thumb with any of your fall plantings. Just mulch a little bit around the base of the plant just to give it some extra insulation. Bottom line is that if you have plants right now that are uh, in their pots, they're not in the ground they're not going to survive, right? Nothing they, will survive yeah. above ground here in Saskatchewan. Right. So it's really important um, that you put things in the ground. So if you had a perennial or a tea rose or um, anything like that, you want to take it out of out of that pot, put it into the ground. Um, your canna lilies, any of those those bulbs that you want to maybe store for the winter, they're not going to survive the winter in that pot. So dig them out, put them into some cold storage um, inside a garage um, or in a basement, and then they'll survive the winter that way. Right. Let's go to the text line, one 332 8255 This is from Tom, who's in Dundurn. He says, hi, looking for fall garlic. Seems to be hard to find. Is there a shortage this year? Well, fall garlic, we actually had to do some reorders on it. So we place our orders almost like eight to 10 months in advance um, when we are ordering our plants um, and bulbs to come into the, the garden centers. Um, so we only have a limited supply. And I have I think that more people are doing like more urban gardeners out there, more people planting things and more people are educated that you can actually plant garlic in the fall. So it wasn't that it was a short supply. Uh, we're just selling more than we ever have before. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it was available from suppliers. So it it's was not available. like there was a shortage. We were reordering it but it was selling quickly. Right. Um, a lot of places are sold out. But one thing that's good is you can still buy garlic in the spring too and plant it in the spring mm. and you can still harvest it as well that way. So. Oh, okay. All mm-hmm. right. So yeah, Tom, it might be hard to find just because it's been snapped up. Yeah. Basically. And so the time that you're going to be looking for is early March is when um, to mid-March is when your garlic's going to be available in the garden centers again in the spring. So okay. Mark that in your calendar to get into the garden center in March. Cool. Uh, we were talking about speaking to the garden center that there's some stuff that's just arrived just this week at the garden center. Yeah, our amaryllis bulbs have arrived. And um, one thing with the amaryllis bulbs, some people maybe have had the amaryllis bulbs from past years. Um, and so they want to sort of let them go dormant, decrease their watering and put them into cold storage for six to eight weeks to get them to bloom in time for Christmas. These ones are already forced already. Um, so they've already gone through that cold period. So when you want them to get going, you just sort of start giving them some water, put them in sunlight and they'll start growing for you. Now, some of the amaryllis that you, you can see out there right now, and it's really neat. Um, they're coated in wax and, um, and I love this one because it's easy. It's something you can give as a gift and almost anybody can can grow them. So I can set the, this wax bulb. It's got enough moisture in that bulb to provide it all the nutrients it needs to be able to bloom for one season. Wow. And uh, it just set it out and then it's going to it's gonna bloom up. So if you're wanting to make a quick arrangement or put something in an area or give something as a teacher's gift or, or anything like that, that's something really simple um, to add some life and, and color into a room, get these waxed amaryllis bulbs. So what do you time. do if it's if it's year number two with that wax bulb though? 
Uh, you want to peel the wax off of the bulb um, is really important and plant it. Um, you need to get some nutrients back into that bulb during the growing season and let those leaves grow up. If you don't do that and leave them in the wax bulb, it's probably not going to produce for the second season. It'll probably just all shrivel up. So you need to... Um, Peel that wax off for the right after it finishes blooming, plant it in a pot, let it go through its cycle of growing and, and nurturing it throughout the summer season, and then let the leaves die back down, put into some cold storage again for six to eight weeks, and then let it bloom again. So is, is it right now to the time to go into cold storage? Like we want to have these things blooming at Christmas, right? Yeah, right now you want to have them into cold storage. Usually, um, I say October, mid-October, put them in cold storage. Again, it's six to eight weeks of cold storage, um, and then it's going to take another four to six weeks for them to bloom. So we're almost just a little bit late now for almost Christmas blooming. Almost a little bit late right? for Christmas blooming, but it just you can, you can change that by the amount of heat that you give the ball so if you give it some more bottom heat while it's growing, it's going to grow faster for okay. you once you take it out as well. Six weeks from now is December 10th. Yes, and then another three to four weeks to bloom. So. Which would be right around Christmas, New Year's. Yeah, ish, exactly. If, if you can get things going fast enough. Yeah. So really you got to think about kind of middle October right? To yeah. kind of time that right. So we're probably just a couple of weeks delayed right or now. Or pick up a new one for this year yeah. if you're a little bit late and then add your old ones to the collection so that you maybe have them staggered for blooming. So then your new ones that you've purchased are going to be blooming in time for Christmas and then you'll have a little bit lasting into the new year as well. They bloom for a really long time. My amaryllis bulbs bloom for almost two months in my home um, once I had them blooming. So they were just gorgeous. I got two, one stock, it was blooming and then another stock came up and it started blooming. It it was it was just stunning. So, so the flowers last a long time. They last quite a while. Yeah, about about two weeks. Oh wow, that's not bad. So that's pretty good. So just I wanted you to try and see if you can become a, a master, just like your orchids. <laughs> well, my orchid update on my orchid. I know your it's orchid. Gone crazy. I need an update. <laughs> it's gone crazy. It has now sent up a brack and it's branched off in four locations. Like usually it goes up and one kind of comes out and that's yeah. what produces the flowers. This time it sent out four shoots with buds on each of them off I of the main stem. I love this for you. I love this I don't, for you. I didn't do anything. It just, it did it on its own. It's So I'm going to have four like different bracts waterfalls that have of flowers. waterfalls of flowers on it this time. Amazing. Uh, pff, I don't know. See, orchids, they're actually a very easy plant to care for and um, to look after. They're just so exotic looking that people mm -hmm. are scared of them. And uh, something that you can just put on your counter, you use a little bit of fertilizer every time you water probably. Yep, I do. And yep. you're set. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It just keeps going. It's, it's weird that way, but it's, it's just going to keep going. Jay the orchid <laughs> guru. I love it. Let's get to one more text here. Don is in Saskatoon at the text line one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Good morning. I've got a Nana dwarf cranberry. It's about 30 years old. So it's pretty old at the Southeast corner of my house. Can it be cut down to about one foot high in the fall? I think the city does that to the ones in the park each year. Yeah. With the cranberry bushes, you can prune them down to about, I would say a third, a half to a third, I would do them. Um, you can do that in the fall or you can do that in the early spring with those cranberry bushes. But they should be able to be trimmed quite quite low, right? Quite low. They are very, very hardy, very aggressive plants. And the biggest thing is if you don't have much snow coverage in your area, mm -hmm. um, leaving those branches up to catch some of the snow is helpful um, for them, but they are a hardy, hardy plant too. So yeah, you can cut that back down to half to a third for sure. Okay. So when we get back from the quick break, we're going to have a news update right now for everybody. Uh, one more garlic question and a bamboo question question. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting. Was there any bamboo in Bali? There's so much bamboo. It would grow <laughs> like hedges. We'll talk about that in a second. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.
Hope you're having a great Sunday. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. Rick's away this weekend. And we've got lots of text to get to, some calls as well, so we're going to fire off into that. We will talk about uh, some fall maintenance stuff here in a little bit as well when we get when we get a chance. Uh, I think that uh, Debbie here, who's in Maymont, had quite a... Remember that movie, Secret Garden? Yes, right. I do the Secret that Garden. Movie. It was actually one of my favorite movies as a kid. And how they it. kind of, you know, reveal that there's a, an amazing garden. I think uh, Debbie might have had a Secret Garden moment. Hi there, Debbie. How are you? Really good. How about yourself? <laughs> good. Good. I just recently trimmed down and cut back a hedge, and it has revealed a sidewalk beside it. Amazing. It's the sidewalk is damaged with some. Uh, trees about two inches in diameter growing out in a few spots. I've cut them back as short as I can. Is there something I can put on them to stop that? Pulling them out is not an option because I don't want to have to replace any part of the sidewalk. Yeah, I guess the only thing is if you want to get rid of the trees, like you're wanting to get rid of the trees, is that correct? Or are you just wanting to get rid of the shrubs? The shrubs I've uh, are staying where they are. The okay. sidewalk beside it have uh, because it's been neglected for many years um there is some trees growing out of parts of the sidewalk yeah in between the kind of joints and stuff right now the only yeah. thing that you have to find out is if those trees that are growing out there are, are leaders from another big tree because what you can do is you can use like roundup or something like that to kill that tree right from the root but if it is a shoot coming off of another tree it's gonna if you do that it's gonna kill the mother tree as well too do you know what i mean yeah. So I can't just cut it down and put paint something on top of it to stop it from. There's nothing. Well, you can there, throw... there's an option you could do is you could cut it down and then any shoots that come up, so you could cut it right level with the concrete, the sidewalk there, right? Right. If you do have another sh- another shoot come up, there's one called Path Clear. Path Clear, yes. And what that basically does is it will burn it down to a certain amount, and then it will just sort of keep it from. You have to continually do that, and it'll just keep right. it from growing up. So that will definitely help you as and well. That Path Clear, that's available. Readily yep. available? Yep, down at the garden centers, you can pick that up, Path Clear. And it's just, it's, it's not like Roundup where it's going to kill the whole tree, but it okay. will burn it down to a certain amount so that you're not going to, to have that coming out. And that'll work on like two inch shoot trees that are trying to come up. It'll that. work on the green, right? So like right now, you're not going to have okay. any green coming, right? So it's right. got, it's got to be a green leaf that it'll actually uh, absorb that. Okay. So shooting the, shooting the, the wooden stumps isn't going to do much at no. this time of year. So if you cut it down now, I mean, it's going to stay that way all, su- all winter, right? Until right. we get springtime again. So, so I'll just saw it off as close to the, pavement as possible and then once you uh, have green on it next year that's how the chemical is absorbed into the tree you can paint it on at that point in time and then it will burn down um the only other option then is going to with roundup but then that's going to kill the the mother tree that's nearby as well yeah no i don't want to do that Okay, well, I thank you very much. You've helped a lot. All right, take Thanks, care. Thanks, Debbie. Take care. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Let's go out to Regina right now and talk to Jean. Hello, Jean. Hi there. How are you both? Good. Good. How are you? How are you? I'm just fine. I have a lovely red tuberous begonia. It was given to me in May. I had it outside all summer, brought it in when the temperature started to drop. Now, it is still blooming both female and male flowers, and I have it in a south-facing window. I'm wondering if I can keep it as a house plant all year. 
Absolutely, you can keep it as a house plant. It is an annual, um, so or a bulb, so it is going to die back down and need to go through a little bit of a dormant stage at some point in time for you to be able to have it for next year. So what I would do is enjoy it right now while you got those blooms on it. In about like December, decrease your watering on it, trim it back a little bit, and then um, still continue to water it. But it will just put some of that energy back into that bulb, and then it will be growing again nicely for you for next year. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. On our text line, is it too late to plant garlic this fall? No, absolutely. Get it into the ground, plant it, and you'll enjoy a nice crop next spring. Okay, this one's from Aaron, who's in Rostron. Have you ever heard of bamboo that can be grown here perennially? No, there's no bamboo that's hardy here in Saskatchewan. There's some that will grow in um, some places like Ontario, but it's still zone 5, 6. Um, but you can definitely grow it as um, a house plant, um, put it outside during the summer, bring it in during the winter, and then you could have success that way. But no bamboo that will be hardy here in Saskatchewan. Okay, this is an interesting one. Not not one I'm familiar with. This is Colleen, who's in Moose Jaw. Can a kangaroo apple plant be kept over winter indoors? If so... Can you tell me some tips for taking care of it? A kangaroo apple plant is actually an annual. Um, if anybody who hasn't grown them, they're very neat plants. They grow up almost like a tree and they have kind of a neat bloom on them. Um, and they're, they're absolutely stunning, but you need to collect the seed and then replant the seed every year. So that's the, the only way to do it. And there's not very many people who sell kangaroo apple plants. I, I, so if you have one, make sure you're collecting that seed so that you can replant it again next year. It's apparently, uh, native to, no, no surprise here, Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. hence it, the name. <laughs> it's beautiful. We, we've, we've carried them. Sometimes I can get a, a hold of maybe like 20 plants every year, but um, it's not one that I can get readily. Hard to find. Hard to find, yeah. Okay, that's uh, the text we've got so far. Let's talk about some of our, you know, we'll, we'll kind of cover sort of two areas of taking care of stuff this fall, right? Yeah. There's, there's things to do in the yard, there's things to do with your equipment in the yard. So, yeah, so coming back after that snow, I did, do not I have a lot of yard work to do. So I've got to rake my leaves, I've got to clear some of my weeds out of my, my garden bed so that it's nice and clean, they're not going to reseed for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to make sure that my hoses and, and everything are all drained and, and put away for the for the winter season they can be kept in the shed where it freezes just as long as they're drained first so that and i usually leave the valves open yep. on on them so that the, the little ball that's inside there my old dad says it will fill with water and then it will burst and you'll have a mess and you won't have hoses that work next year exactly so it's really important to do that um now jay maybe you can help me with this um lawnmowers um Weed whackers, my pruners, I know I need to, I usually sharpen them and, and store them away for the winter season. I like to have nice sharp pruners just in case in the wintertime I have something that needs to be cut. I like to have those readily available. I don't usually bury those deep into my shed, but for lawnmowers, like, should I be maintaining them now or should I do that in the spring? Well, it's, there's sort of two ways to look at it. And there's a couple things you want to do in the fall. <clears throat> so let's talk about a gas lawnmower first, okay. right? That's something where uh, there's a couple things you can do. You can add an, a, a gas preservative, okay? So there's different brands that you can buy, but you want to be basically, there's two ways to do it. Storing your lawnmower, you either want to store it with absolutely zero gas in the fuel tank, or you want to be adding a preservative, a fuel preservative, like stable, for example, and then filling that gas tank up so it's right full. So we're ma- minimizing the amount of oxygen or air we've got in the gas tank that could okay. cause the gas to go sour, basically, in like the next... Like the condensation and everything. Yeah, you'll get you'll get condensation you'll get air and that reaction that happens inside just sort of 
degrades the gasoline, and then you end up starting trying to start it next spring, and, and it just it doesn't want to start for you, right? Now so, with the blades, am I going to be wanting to like sharpen the blades, or is that something that needs to be done every year? You know, I, that's one that I leave for the springtime. Okay, I actually like kind of just leave it the way it is. Do my last cutting, leave it the way it is. I pull it out in the spring, and w- the gas should still be good if you put that stabilizer that goes in there, right? Mm-hmm. There's also on on the side of your some uh, mowers have this where you can you can actually drain the carburetor itself. So there's a valve. You shut the you shut the valve off. That's the gasoline going into the carburetor. You fire the thing up. You run the run the thing until it stops running by itself. So now we've got gas in the tank. But we have no gas in the carburetor. So that's the Sounds best like way to. Something I'm going to be YouTubing later. <laughs> the best way to shut your shut that engine down for storage, right? Yeah. I tend to just leave the the blade on there. I take care of it, and because kind of fall, we're in cool weather. By the time springtime comes, that you actually need your lawnmower, it's usually fairly nice out. So that's when I prop the thing up, take the blade off, either use a grinder or take it and have that blade sharpened. It's good to at least sharpen it at least once a year. When you end up with a really dull blade, it just doesn't do a very good job of cutting the grass. You end up sort of duffing the top Where of the grass. Where can I take my blades to get them sharpened? There are lots of places. Um, any of, the, any of the, the places, you know, in cities that do small engine repairs, generally they'll do maintenance on those sort of things okay. too, where they'll, they'll sharpen it for you. There might be some big box stores that'll offer that as well. Okay. Um, you know, home hardware is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You might find somebody there who would do that. Mm-hmm. Or you've asked the neighbor who's got a little grinder and doesn't take very long to just grind the edge of it and kind of make a sharp blade out of it again. So. Okay. Now. I have a battery-powered um, lawnmower, so those batteries, of course, should not be frozen. That's a big thing. Yeah, is anything that has batteries in it, especially those small batteries. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have a car, we drive it every day or every couple of days in the winter. That keeps the battery alive and charged and things like that. When you leave a battery sit out in the cold, and it really, really gets very cold, it's really hard on the battery. So even those lithium-ion batteries, still a good idea. You can leave the actual tool, the implement. You know, nothing wrong with putting that in the shed and leaving it in the cold. Grab those battery packs and bring them inside, you know, just put them down in the basement somewhere for storage. Every once in a while, you might want to charge them up just so they don't don't totally deplete, you know, say once every two or three months. Yeah. And then uh, then they'll be they'll be good for next year. Okay. Those are the most those are sometimes the most expensive parts of those tools, right? Yeah. You buy a lawnmower that's battery powered or a whippersnipper, for example. The battery is, you know, half to three quarters the cost of, of the tool. Yeah. So that's it's important. You know, you don't want to waste that money. Be spending that the next year going, ah, well, the battery's toast now. I got to buy hold a battery for it. So now for those people who maybe don't have a shed and they're maybe storing a lot of their maybe garden tools outside or under a deck, is there anything that they should be doing? Like should we be throwing a tarp over top of it to keep the snow off? Oh, that's a good idea to keep the, keep that. Or if you're, you know, doing that sharpening, like we Mm -hmm. talked about the tools, you know, you can sharpen things up little coat of oil on that because if especially if they're steel blades most of the time they are if you just sharpen them it's all fresh bare steel from doing that you'll end up with a bunch of rust on them if they just sit outside like that Uh, so sharpen them up you can always put a little bit of oil on them you could you could use like a wd-40 spray something like that just to keep them coated maybe a little bit of engine oil and grab anything really any oil will protect that that metal from corroding over the winter. And then the same thing with my shovels, rakes, those types of things. I usually like to store those in the shed just because then they don't get all rusty throughout the winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Keeping the moisture off of them will keep them mm. working well. I don't oil my shovels, let's be honest. Oh, come on, Jay. <laughs> I, I can see you being meticulous no, like that. That's a shovel. You have too much to do with your cars. You don't want to be oiling a shovel. Exactly. Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk uh, another garlic text is coming. It's it's the garlic, uh, garlic you know, 
Everybody's thinking Halloween's here. They want to keep those vampires away. <laughs> Must be. We'll get to Cheryl's text in a moment. Thanks for joining us. Give us a call, one 332 8255 This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Thanks for joining us. Call the lightning round. We've got a few texts to get to, so we'll get to that. one 332 8255 Said you in the conversation. I'm Jay Thomas. Jill Van Dyvendike is here. Okay, we're going to get to the text that is from Cheryl. We're, it's the garlic... You know, awesome. yeah, this is the whole thing's about garlic. We got another one up, up coming up from Tim. Uh, Cheryl says, I planted my garlic about a month ago. There has, there isn't any growth yet from the roots. Will they start to grow in the spring or will they rot? I watered them to encourage some growth. What did I do wrong? Um, is if you water them, they are a bulb. So you want to make sure you have well drained soil in that area. If there's a bunch of clay around it and it's sitting in water, they will rot. So you want to watch that. Sometimes when I plant the garlic, I'll even put like a handful of sand or pea gravel down at the bottom just so it has some good drainage. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not like to be sitting in water, but giving them a little bit of water is, is not a big deal. But usually with your garlic bulbs that you want them to stay dormant, um, right now you, and then you want them to be growing in the spring. So you don't want to be actively getting them to grow. So you don't necessarily need to water them um, right now. So um, you can just check to see the moisture level, stick some things down into the soil, um, but they should definitely start growing again for you in the spring. Awesome. Okay. This is from Linda and Langham. I missed the name of the chemical you said to put on the shoots from the trees. Um, that was a Roundup Path Clear, it's called. Um, and so it's just a different type of, of Roundup. Uh, it's not the one that, that goes down and kills the whole tree. It basically just uh, will burn it down to a certain point. So one's called Path Clear. Path there's, Clear. There's a version of that. I think there's one called Roundup Advanced. Advanced, too. Yes, Right. And correct. instead of being a blue jug like regular Roundup, it is an orange it's got an orange jug or an orange, you know, cap, orange yes. label. Make sure you're looking for the advanced. Advanced. And that's going to be the same type of thing where it, it'll burn it off. It's not going to kill things down at the bottom, but it'll yeah. burn off the green stuff. Correct. So round up advance. Um, great one from Ryan and Swift Current. We were talking about, you know, taking care of your lawnmower and stuff like that. He says, I use uh, fluid film to coat the underside of my lawnmower deck, the undercarriage of vehicles and stuff like that. It's a wool wax product. Nothing else works better to prevent rust. So that's a good one too. You can also mm. do that. Yeah. Thanks okay. for, thanks for awesome. the tip there, Ryan. Another, another good idea. Absolutely. Spray that down. And in terms of maintenance, you know, we talked about the gas. You can do an oil change now. You can do an oil change in the spring, maybe a new spark plug, check that uh, air filter, stuff like that. Those are things that I, I make sure the gas is good. I take care of those other maintenance things, all new stuff in the spring. Jay, for hire, are you coming to help me do mine? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Tim says, would there be a specific, uh, a root specific or garlic specific fertilizer? Um, you can use a bone meal. Um, that works really good. Uh, the other thing that you can do with your um, your bulbs is use a bulb dust, uh, which is just like a sulfur, and that will help prevent your bulbs from um, from rotting. So that's really important to do too, if you want. Um, but you just adding a little bit of bone meal um, is usually the best thing to do for your bulbs. Okay. And this next text is from Jan in Regina. Great program as usual, she says. Thanks, Jan. Um, wondering how much insulation you'd recommend for a galvanized raised bed about eight inches in height, which have perennials in it that were newly planted. 
So it's it's the edge of the container that you're going to want to insulate. So I'd probably insulate it maybe about a foot around the the edge of the container, um, just to sort of keep those those that container from freezing and thawing, freezing and thawing, freezing and thawing. So so an insulated tarp over top maybe an insulated tarp over top. Um, even grabbing some insulation from uh, a home store and putting that around the around Outside. the edge, or yeah. some people use the, the like styrofoam blocks and put them around the edge too. That works very well too. Right. So mm. you know, looking for. Even it's it's because that galvanized steel when it's above the the ground you'll have the heat sink from the bottom, but anything that's planted closer to the edge is going to experience that freeze thaw. Freeze right? thaw, freeze thaw, and those plants are going to be actively. It's it's not in the deep cold of the winter that's going to be the problem. It's mm-hmm. the it's the late fall and then the early spring when we get so cold and then so warm. So those plants are going to be actively growing and then and then freezing and then actively growing and then freezing and that's when you get the problem with them. And this is from. And in Saskatoon on the text line, when should we cover our strawberries? Uh, you can start covering your strawberries now if you want to. A lot of them have already started to go dormant. So uh, you can just sort of pile up some some straw or some uh, mulch around the base of your strawberry plants and that will help keep them nice for next year. Okay. Well, that's pretty much it for our text. Uh, we have a call from Paul. Paul, we'll get to your call as soon as we get off the air here. So just stick with us. We can we can do that. Uh, and, and, you know, should I rake up my leaves you know, that's a good question. So we'll talk about that in a second with you off the air here. Anything we should be doing else, Jill, right now, this time of year? I think the biggest thing is, is get out there, get in your yard, enjoy these last days, get your, get your yard all ready. If you haven't planted your tulip bulbs already, go to the garden centers and get them. A lot of them are on sale right now so that you have them bloom for the spring because you will not find those in the spring. No. And, uh, just, just have fun with it. Make, make gardening your hobby and, and bring a smile with adding some green in your life. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back same time, same place next week. If we missed your text or call, we'll get to it after after we get off the year here. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.